Welcome to Carson Chatter, a podcast focused on Carson City, the people who shape it, and the real estate that defines it. I'm Sina Lloyd, Carson City Library Director, and I'm here with my co-host. Hi, I'm Garrett Lapierre, local realtor with Century 21 Jim Wilson Realty. In addition to another great guest interview this week, we have our weekly segments, Community Connections, and Lapierre's Corner. Stay with us, and we'll be right back. Welcome back. We have this week's guest, Katie Leo. Thank you for joining us. You're welcome. Thank you for having me. And Katie is the um, executive director of the Boys and Girls Club. Is that the title? What's... That's correct. Okay. All right. I'm the boss lady. Perfect. Perfect. <laughs> so tell us about how you got into um, your, your gig over at the Boys and Girls Club of Western Nevada and and your, your background and all that. Sure. So uh, my background is actually in marriage and family therapy and higher education administration. Nice. And uh, I did that for 15 years and taught and taught kids how to go to college and got them got their family set up and uh, got into the nonprofit world through that okay. and started doing fundraising for the college and really liked it. Um, I'm involved in several organizations in this community over the last 13 years now, actually in September will be 13 years that I've been here, um, and through Rotary and through the FISH organization, uh, working with them and Salvation Army and a couple of others. Um, I was approached by the board of the Boys and Girls Club three years ago in November, actually, so it'll be my third year in November. Feels like an eternity. Feels <laughs> like I've been there for like 20 years, um, which is a good thing. Yes. Um, and they asked if I would be willing to apply for their CEO position. It just came open, and I jumped on it, and two weeks later, yeah, new I job. had a new job. And <laughs> a month after that, I started, and um, I think my background in in counseling and and Marriage and family therapy helps on a number of levels with staff and kids. And then I actually have a bachelor's degree in parks and recreation management. So understanding programming and youth programming and from athletics to arts helped. Um, the, my forestry background didn't help at all. But <laughs> the rec side did. Um, and just went from there. And I'm... I love my job. I love what I do. I get to make an impact on the youth in this community, and you get to see it every day. Yep. That's so great. so you're, you're a master of setting up dodgeball games then? Uh, I am a master of coming in and disrupting dodgeball games <laughs> okay, is perfect. what I am. And I love it because I sneak in okay. when they're playing, and then I just have extra balls, and I th- randomly throw them in there, and then they're like, wait, Katie's in here. So there you go. That's awesome. My staff are masters <laughs> at dodgeball games, yeah. So Boys and Girls Club Western Nevada has multiple sites, and it's not just here in Carson City. Is that correct? That's correct. So we are we are a standalone 501c3 Boys and Girls Club of America, who is our national parent corporation, uh, has about 4,000 clubs across the country. We serve a little over 4 million kids in the United States. We're the largest youth development organization uh, in this country. And in Nevada, there are seven Boys and Girls Clubs, all independent, and I serve Carson City and Carson Valley. So we have one clubhouse, which is, we're celebrating our 25th year here in Carson City this year, which is really cool. We've been open since 1993, uh, and we're celebrating our 25th anniversary this year. And then we have three school sites here in Carson um, that are a part of our 21st Century Learning Communities Program, and that's a federally funded program through uh, the Department of Education. 
our largest partner uh, at the Boys and Girls Club is the Carson City School District. And so I work very closely with uh, Valerie Dockery over there. And we fund our after-school, basically it's a, it's a tutoring and academic support program for kids who are not at grade level. Um, we start in first grade and work our way all the way up. And so with Mark Twain, Empire, and Borderwick bring, being those three sites, I have a coordinator each one of those. And they have roughly um, 100 to 140 kids at each site. Wow. And then some stay at the site. And we run full boys and girls club programming. So we have a teacher that helps tutor okay. after school. Mm-hmm. And then they run full boys and girls club programming there. Whether the Nevada State Museum comes over or the Brewery Arts Center comes over or we have a partner. We have a couple other different partners that come in and do stuff with our kids. Um, they go on field trips. It's actually really cool um, that we have partnership with the school district like that. Um, I'm hoping to expand that, and we've been having that conversation. We also have the high school, so we have that program as well with Bridget Gordon, and then we bring those teens over. And then I have a standalone site. Well, not a standalone site. We're in Powalu Middle School in Gardnerville, uh, where we serve about 340 kids annually down there. Um, And we are just starting the process of Finding a place of our own, so actually building a standalone site. So we're really excited. I'd really like to have two clubhouses, one in Carson City and one in the Valley. Right. So, yeah, you have some new digs here in Carson. Tell us about that. So we have, well, with the Teen Center, um, we just opened the Teen Center two years ago. Mm -hmm. Uh, And I don't know if, like, you know, the community understands that one in four kids wander around this town after school unattended. Mm -hmm. So that's kindergarten through 18 years old. And you often see them hanging out at the dollar store because I can can drive by the normal places, Dutch Bros, which is great Mm because they're one of our biggest supporters. Um, But they often don't have a place to go after school. And teens were one of our biggest issues in this town. Um, And just finding places that were cool and fun. I mean, I'm sitting across from the director of the library who has teens in her library Mm -hmm. every day after school as well. and the teen center is a place where they can come in and be themselves, hang out. It's 7,200 square feet. They designed it, which is really cool. Is really so they came up with the concept and design of it. Um, and we serve about 300 teens annually. We also are a site with the school, um, with the high school for clubs. So if, if awesome. clubs need a place to meet after school, they can come meet and their faculty advisor can come over. We've had from PFLAG to dance club to, you know, the outdoor rec I mean we've had them we've had all kinds of clubs um, come over and participate we do teen nights the really cool thing is is our partnership with the city has expanded to the facility next door which is the brand new multi-use athletic center the MAC yep not mine I don't own it um, but we have a joint use agreement with them and so we fill that place from three o'clock in the afternoon to five o'clock every day with 300 kids awesome and Mm -hmm. the teens um we've done a couple of midnight madness events where we've done basketball or programming over there and then they've come over to the teen center and had lock-ins so it's actually pretty cool Um, so it's like a slumber party it is like a slumber party i would never be there for those slumber parties because my staff don't sleep but (laughs) (laughs) but they the teens love it and the really cool thing is is with with the boys and girls club the Truckee Meadows Club has a great program. So in Reno, they have a great teen program. 
and our team coordinator and their team coordinator work together. And oftentimes, um, when we have an event down here, they bring their teams from Reno. And then we take our teens up there. That's awesome. So there's there's some crossover, kind of like the Douglas Carson High. We we cross those we do cross those county lines, and I do have a teen program in Carson Valley too. So we do run a teen center down in the valley. Very cool. Yeah. So in in, in speaking of that, real fast, you know, what kind of timeline do you think that that you're looking at to have your own standalone center out in Gardnerville? Well, if if, if I, things went right, if things went right in a perfect world, I'd like to have one in less than three years. Um, we're probably looking at a five-year process just to identify land that will work. You know, with with the way that Douglas County works, it's so spread out. Right. And we have parents asking for a site in the North Valley, so Jack's Valley area, but we also serve a very large population in South Gardnerville. Mm-hmm. And then we have everybody in between. We have Carson, you know, Carson Valley Middle School, Minden Elementary. Yep. Um, so we're trying to decide right now, the board of directors is trying to decide whether we want just a standalone or if we want a small standalone and a school site. So we're working on that right now. Um, I think once we determine a piece of land, Thank we'll you. hit the ground running. Right. Right. Mm-hmm. Okay. So that's what we're in the process of. Yeah. Very cool. And it's been a dream of theirs for 10 years. So it's about time yeah. Yeah. we act on mm-hmm. that. Yeah. So, I mean, you mentioned a little bit before about how many kids you guys serve. But so in Carson, how many do you serve versus um, down in Carson Valley? And how much has that in, it has that grown since you've come on board? So when I when I started with the Boys and Girls Club, we the way that it works is it's not just however many kids show up a day. We actually track them. Um, they like kids who come to the library have a card. They have a Boys and Girls Club card, and they check in every day, and we track what programs. I can tell what little Johnny does every day, what his favorite programs are, what's working and what's not working. So that little card tells us how many days a week kids are attending. When I started, um, we had about 236 kids at the club daily. That, that, that attendance we track that they have to be there at least three days a week. We call it average daily attendance, and that's through Boys and Girls Club of America. So we have strict guidelines that we have to follow in order to track how many kids we serve. Right. Mm-hmm. So like my daughter, for example, and she probably won't ever listen to this, so that's good. She gets <laughs> mad at me when I mention her. Um, she attends five days a week. So she counts as one of those kids that comes for that, you know, for that total amount that we track. So on average, daily, at my Carson City Clubhouse, we have between... 500 to 550 youth. That's awesome. That's really cool. Between Mark Twain, Bordewick, Empire, the high school, and the club, we serve a little under 21% of the, of the school population Wow. in Carson City. Wow. And we're growing. When I started, we were at 236 kids daily. So we have grown significantly mm-hmm. in the last few years just in Carson City. Um, I... We're almost to the point, and you know that we need more space, mm-hmm. right, at the Carson City site. So, so, ha- so, how does that work? So, you know, you've grown in attendance. Um, how does the funding mechanisms for um, running the programs, since you're a nonprofit, how does that work? So, we are not made of money. I don't have money just flowing out everywhere. I wish I did. Um, Me too. I know, right? Doesn't everybody <laughs> like if I could figure this out um, and win the lottery? Um, so 
We are a $2 million operation. When I started, we were about 1.6. So it's about $800 a year per child. That's just during the academic year because we feed them. We make mm-hmm. sure that they have full programming available. We clothe them at when, at, you know, during Christmas. They all get their Cool Boys and Girls Club sweatshirts and their beanies. And, you know, we do family nights where we're feeding families and um, all different kinds of things. So it's about $800 a year. Parents pay $60 of that pay for the whole year. Wow. Now, we do have winter break fees, but it's literally like, I think it's $10 a week. It's $5 on holidays. Um, But, I mean, in the grand scheme of things, kids are there at the club, and we just ran this based on our surveys and our numbers. Kids are at the club about 700 hours during the academic year alone. Wow. That equates to $0.09 an hour that parents are paying for us to have their kids in our after-school programs. So I get to fundraise 99.9% of the rest of the budget that we have for operating. So with over 50 staff, um, with all of our programs that we run, you know, I'm looking at a little over a million for staffing costs alone between the five sites. Right. And then we have federal grants and we have state grants. We are, but we have to keep it under a, a certain percentage because Boys and Girls Club of America requires the community to actually give more than we get in federal and state and city grants. So the community gives about 35 to 40% of our funding. Um, individual donors right? come out and give. And so when I'm out there and people see me, I'm out there for a good cause. They may run or cross their <laughs> fingers and say, stay away, Katie. But I'm actually, you know, just $25 a month can make a huge difference in our budget when you know, when you look at the grand scheme and keeping five sites open and running full programming. Well, and I mean, you know, kids are our future. Mm-hmm. And if we don't support them and make them feel part of this community, they're not going to want to stay here and be part of the community. Correct. Well, and I think through the, that, and that's, that's what we teach. We teach them to be well-rounded kids. And I know that there's, there's misnomers out there that we let kids leave when they want. They, they don't get to leave when they want. Um, they don't run around like crazy people. There's actually full programming. And we focus on three different areas. Academic success. So when kids come to the club, they get their snack. And it's full, fully nutritional. We work with the Department of Ag on that. So it's based on what they lay out for the school mm-hmm. districts. They do their homework. Now, for some of them, they don't want to do their homework. They want to literally go over to the MAC and play basketball or go in the art room or the tech lab. But we have them get their homework done, and we have tutors for that. Great. And then they get to choose their programming from 4 o'clock to 6.30. We have each room is programmed every hour for something different. And um, Cena's, one of Cena's programs was just at the club. It was mm-hmm. the Moon Rock exhibit and the Meteor exhibit. And the st- the tech lab was full the whole time. We were running 15 yeah. to 20 kids in every 20 minutes. Okay. Um, and it's something that they might get at school, but not as up close and personal. Mm-hmm. Um, we require our teens and tweens to do community service projects for our leadership programs. So through our good character and leadership programs, we're promoting them getting out in the community and giving back. Um, at age 12, 13, 14, 15, they start to realize, you know, and the teens come for free. So, of course, if we were to charge parents, we'd never get their kids yeah. to come because they can stay home. So I fundraise for all the teen programming. And so when they learn about that, they want to give back to those who have given to mm-hmm. us. So the Greenhouse Project, 
this weekend they're actually going to be on um, Saturday night. The flat track has their grand opening, um, mm-hmm. Carson Motorsports mm-hmm. down by Fuji Park. Yep. And our teens and tweens will be out there collecting canned food and cool. uh, talking about the Boys and Girls Club program and giving back. So they're volunteering their time and service there to help out. Uh, they'll be at the Luau helping out. They'll be at all different. They mm-hmm. have a. They adopted the wetland across the street from the Boys and Girls Club. They're doing cleanups once a month. But so we get them out there. You mentioned before. So when Johnny goes and he gets done with it, with his homework, he goes into the Moon Rock program. He actually has to have his card scanned. Yep. So we track their numbers. So when Johnny comes into an, a room, we actually write down their number, um, and then that's put in. So that we can see what they're doing and what programs really are working, and, really what, and we use our and we use those numbers, and then at the end of every month, my director of operations and program director go through and say, okay, so this program wasn't really well attended. What do we need to do to tweak it? Right. You know, my staff are fully trained. Um, they're background checked. They're fingerprinted. Um, we do have a leader in training program where we are typically a high schooler's first job. Okay. But they have to do 80 hours of volunteer work on the youth side. Right. So they come over and they run youth programming with my my other staff. And they're typically in a different color shirt so everybody can identify that they're high mm-hmm. schoolers. Right. Um, and we run all different kinds of programs through good character and leadership to get them. Typically, you know, they're learning how to how to work, how to how to function in society. And they get to do it in a safe, fun place. Cool. So. Yep. Even when they get to do it around their peers, too, which they do. is neat. Yeah, it's neat. And then it's also challenging because they have to figure out. And that's a, that's a big thing that I don't think we think about as adults. And, and I know that I never worked really with my peers in high school. But they have to learn how to be leaders with their peers. Mm-hmm. So if they're working for me mm-hmm. and they happen to be working with 12-year-olds and they're just two years older, they have to be able to figure out how to negotiate boundaries. Yeah. And set up boundaries and say, wait, I'm a Boys and Girls Club staff member right now, so I have to do A, B, and C. And it's really fun to watch them try to figure that out. Right. The little ones, it's easy. Because the little ones mm-hmm. just see them as big people. <laughs> but their peers, when you're standing eye to eye with your peer and you're like, hey, you know, that's probably not a good decision. Can we? It's really hard for them. And we help them through that. But that's a really cool lesson to learn is how to... How to have positive relationships, but also create those boundaries. So, yeah. it would give them that self confidence to talk to people mm-hmm. around their age group. Make and, eye contact. Yep. Not use their cell phones to communicate. Yes. yes. Shocker! What you do when you ban technology in, in a boys and girls club. <laughs> so, speaking of that, so do they not get to use technology in the boys and girls club? They do not. So the only room that kids can use, and that was a rule that I implemented the first year I came in. Kids were not going outside. They were sitting in the corners on their phones or on their tablets or playing video games. And, and I had several who rebelled and parents who freaked out. But two, three weeks after that, they were the ones playing basketball on the Mac. They were talking to their friends. They were So you can go in the tech lab, mm-hmm. and it's not all day long. They have, we call it free time. So we have girls hour, boys hour by age group, and they can go in, and it's all restricted so it's the games mm-hmm. we choose and the things we choose right um but yeah there's no technology unless you need to call your parents that's wonderful yeah. i think that's really yeah. good policy. the teens i would have a rebellion so they earn it though so megan's got a great system over there where they earn we call it screen time 
So whether it's playing on the PlayStation or the Xbox or mm-hmm. um, doing that, they actually earn it through community service, through volunteering on the youth side, through participating in the different activities on the teen side. And they seem to be doing well. So That's great. That's great. Yeah. So going back to fundraising, what are your two biggest fundraisers or, or your biggest or your two biggest fundraisers that you got going? Sure. So um, <clears throat> our we have two in the Valley that are pretty big. One already happened, and that's Coach Mike Tice from the Oakland Raiders. He just retired. He comes in in June and brings all his buddies from all over the country. And this year we had a bunch of community members participate, which was really cool. We did a brew fest. We had a concert. Um, we did a golf tournament. And we raised down in the Valley for the Valley um, 209000 Wow. Cost me about three hundred to 350000 to run that single site down there. And that's in a school. So when we build our standalone, we're looking at six to seven hundred thousand um, when that happens. So he's been doing that for eight years. Half of that money actually goes into a building fund. Okay. So we have a separate fund that we've we've been setting aside for the last four years. Um, that as as he raises money, we set half of that aside. So about a hundred thousand goes to operations of that club. Okay. And then we started a new event, and that's actually happening this Sunday night. Uh, the summer soiree where we are introducing new donors to the club. So this event will have about 130 people, 140 people at it. Uh, it's the, at the home of Dan and Lois Ray, and they're two of our biggest supporters down in the Valley, uh, besides Mr. Pegram from CBI, and they own the Pink House. And we have a fantastic dinner. Josh Derry from um, Blend Catering comes in. And we've got half a cow from Bentley and chicken. They're doing short rib, braised short ribs. Um, they're doing chicken. We have a really cool ocean trout, and they're huge. They're massive, and they do it over a salt. Like, they, they grill it under this big, giant pile of salt, mm-hmm. and it's all over an open flame. So you can stand there and actually watch the food be cooked. Uh, but it's just a way. This is our second year. Um, we, we typically raise twenty five to 28000 at that. And it's very simple. We don't do a live auction. We actually do a dessert auction. That's awesome. So we have different bakeries from all over uh, Carson City, Carson Valley, South Lake Tahoe donate. Um, last year, I think our most favorite cake was a high heel cake. And I want to say it went for like $1,500. It was something like... Very cool. Two donut mm-hmm. towers, like a donut oh, cake awesome. that people bid on, uh, which is really fun and different. Mm-hmm. And uh, Clint Jolly started it. And so this year, Josh and, and Whitney Derry took it over. Um, but that is to supplement the Coach Tice event because not everybody likes to play golf. Of course. So yeah. it just brings in a different set of donors um, and friends of the club. And then our largest fundraiser, which astonishingly enough, only brings in 13% to 15% of my annual operating budget is our luau. It's the largest attended fundraiser besides Taste of Downtown uh, in Carson City. So this year, I think we're already up to 800 people um, for this event, and it it brings in, last year it brought in 13% of my annual operating budget. Wow. And it's still huge. I mean, that's mm-hmm. a big deal. And that's why I think people assume we have a lot of money coming in when in all honesty if you look at the big picture yeah that's a great event and without it we would really be hurting but there are so many other things that are going on throughout the year and it is a fantastic event Carson City Barbecue roasts an entire pig for us he lays it all out on the table 
this year the Fox is the brew pub. Fox Brew Pub is our bar. Um, we have the Tap Wagon. We have a Hawaiian band. We have fantastic sponsors that are coming in. We actually have a wine and vodka tasting. The Brewer's Cabinet, Brad Bonkowski and Andy Wilson, we all went and brewed Brad's beer. So we have a Chili Weiss Boys and Girls Club beer that'll be there. Awesome. Sponsored nice. by the Brewer's Cabinet in Reno. Um, you know, just a lot of fun different things. And then a silent live auction. So it's a, you know, it's a massive fundraiser. It's it's one of my favorites. And when is that? That is Saturday, September 8th. What time? At 5 p.m. We actually open the doors at 4.30. Okay. Um, you can go online and buy individual tickets or a table. <laughs> uh, at uh, bgcwn.org, so Boys Girls Clubs Western Nevada.org, and then we literally have it on the homepage, and you can click awesome. the link, or you can call the club. Okay. But yeah, we're we're ramping up for that, so three weeks away. Yep, and we're excited. And that's and if you buy a table, I hear you get to compete in a contest. Yeah, we have a table decorating contest every year, and you actually win the right to eat dinner first, which if you're in line with 800 other people, that is a very long dinner line. So City mm-hmm. National Bank actually won last year. They, were, they wore their superhero costumes, and they had a huge, massive, mm-hmm. like, centerpiece that was, it was skyscrapers. And I think they had King Kong at the top, or they had something. And, uh, and they got selected. So they get to eat first this year, and, awesome. which is really, really cool. But we have some amazing donors in the community from... Uh, local businesses, you know, Bodine's is our headline sponsor, and they have been an amazing supporter of ours for the last, I don't know, 20 years, like Carson Valley Inn and Bodine's, mm-hmm. and um, we're really looking forward to this year, especially because we're getting to celebrate something really cool, which is 25 yeah. years yeah. in sure. this community. Uh, and, and Mr. Pagram's a, a great guy. Really yes, he guy. is. He's a very good guy, and he takes he takes very good care of us. He really does care about, about the kids, so... So, from a club standpoint, what is your biggest challenge? Is it besides the fundraising? I mean, that's that's a heck of a goal to have to yep. get to every year. What 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 what's the thing that you know some days has you banging your head against the wall? I, you know, that's a really good question. <laughs> besides besides fundraising, which is my job, um, I think it's really being able to tell our story and for for the communities to really see what we do um you know the kids speak volumes the staff speak volumes about what we do and and parents see it once their kids are going there for Mm -hmm. a while but being able to actually get out and and show the community what we do and and the impact we have you know we're working right now on coming up with figures like if we weren't around what would the parks and rec program have to do in their latchkey programs to support 525 kids that that would be displaced um and thinking about it in those terms and our other community partners where would those kids go what would they do and again we're not a daycare i think that's another mm-hmm. a big challenge is and misnomer is that we actually run programming that matches what the school district does so it's experiential learning these kids are getting in there and they're doing stem activities and you know you and our cooperative extension is coming in and teaching them about agriculture and they're teaching about science the library is coming in and teaching them how to play Minecraft and how to code and cool things about the moon that they didn't even know existed. Um, you know, and the Brie Arts Center comes in and does ceramics and theater. And these are all things that I think 
adults take for granted because we've already grown up. And a lot of us, like my generation, were latchkey kids. We Mm -hmm. were left at home. And I wish I would have been introduced to something like the Boys and Girls Club. Don't tell my mom because she is a teacher. But she'll get mad. Um, But having that would have been a great advantage um, as a kid. And it just gives them a safe, fun place. And I think the, the things I worry about is that our kids feeling emotionally safe, physically safe. Are they having fun? Are they getting everything they can out of us? And and what does the community see us as? How do they view us? Not just the big old bad boys and girls club, but right. I I I feel the same way. We had latchkey when I was when I was mm-hmm. you know going through school, and we didn't have anything nowhere near as cool as that. So to, you know, just to have access to those programs and, mm-hmm. and to find something that, that you have an interest in and be able to really dig into it, that's really neat. Yeah, and so I love it. I don't know. So the last question we have. We have this for everyone. Oh, boy. It doesn't have to be Boys and Girls Club related. But what is your one big, hairy, audacious goal for Carson City? (laughs) One big, hairy, audacious goal for mine. Yep. Like, what would you like to see happen in Carson City? Dang, that's a hard question. Should have given that to me so I could think about it beforehand. <laughs> We're gonna put you on the spot. And not boys and girls club related necessarily. Well, it doesn't have to be. It doesn't have to be boys and girls club. Um, I think for you know when when I moved here and this is just rolling in thirteen years ago. I actually drove through here. Um, we were living in Flagstaff at the time, and I loved the college town. Mm-hmm. I loved the feel, the vibe. And I had already had my son, um, and we were rolling through and and decided that this is where we were going to live. And I was like, oh, I don't think I want to live here. There's casinos. It's kind of blah. You know, I really like the feel of a little bit bigger city, a little, you know, kind of like Reno, a little college mm-hmm. town yep. type feel. And um, it grew on me over the last 13 years. I mean, I don't think I would ever move again. I have a really hard time thinking about where I would go and what I would do if I left here. But the one thing that I would like to see and I think is more to do, um, not with my kids, because uh, they have plenty to do in this town, but as young adults, as coming into mm-hmm. our 40s, our late 30s, early 40s, I think with the addition of the Arts and Cultural Commission really taking off and bringing some more life to downtown, what what the city has done with downtown, um, and opening people's eyes to, to what this place has to offer, because we live in a pretty sweet place mm-hmm. with Tahoe, with Reno. We're close to the Bay Area. I think this is a pretty cool place to live. Um, and just thinking about what else we can do in this town to bring more young couples, young families in. Mm-hmm. I mean, you know, you look at... Douglas County, and, and I think the statistic, at least the statistic, like statistic a couple years ago was like 40 to 46% are retired in Douglas mm-hmm. County. Mm-hmm. It's a, people are dying at a faster rate than they're being born. So we don't want to get that way in, in Carson City, yeah. you know. Okay. I love riding my bike to the farmer's market, coming downtown and sitting in McFadden Plaza and eating ice cream, you know, doing, doing the concerts at the BAC, all those kind of things just are a fantastic way and people are like I'm so jealous that you get to like go do those things and then I can go to Reno and I can sit on the river and or to Tahoe and sit mm-hmm. on the beach so just really looking at how we're selling 
Carson City, so people aren't dying quicker than they're being born here. Love you. it. I don't know. That's just kind of... Was no, that a good answer? No, that was a great no. answer. Yeah, yeah. Matter and then, fact, of course, Grow the Boys and Girls Club. Yes. yes. <laughs> our, our last several guests, you know, we had Stacey on mm-hmm. a couple days ago, and, and he, he said essentially the same thing. Right. You know, there has to be something yeah, for people to do. You know, whether, yeah. that, whether that's kids and or adults, there has to be some sort of nightlife. And I think that's why you see people choose not to live here is that there's not social life activities. There's well, not as many. Beyond the bars. Correct. Mm-hmm. So, exactly. Get away from the alcohol-related yeah, events. and move to, yes. you know, more of the BAC, more of the, you know, I don't know. There's so much potential. I'm a part of Rotary, and we have the Capital City Brewfest. Yeah, that's alcohol-related, but it brings people downtown. For sure. Yeah. We partner with the car shows. We have, you know, and just get more people in, involved in cool stuff. And I think the what they're doing with the redevelopment and the arts and and I mean Mark Salinas is a huge partner of ours and he's teaching our kids about arts and bringing in cool artists and revamping downtown and revamp and it's the corridor and I think it's it's what we need mm-hmm. I love this town yeah. and so I want to see it grow so can people donate to you through the website they can donate to me any way they want <laughs> uh, actually I have a birthday fundraiser going on on Facebook right now awesome. but um no they can donate on the, the website okay. so just bgcwn.org um, and we actually have a campaign 25 for 25 so 25 dollars a month for a 25th year uh, or any amount I'll take hundreds you know, five hundreds, thousands, ten thousands, <laughs> or they can mail it in to the club. Um, they can drop it off. However, they fe- if they see me out and about, I've had people hand me money there too. So, whatever works, yeah, they okay. can. Awesome. awesome. Yeah. Well, thank you for coming in. Appreciate You're it. You're welcome. Yeah. Thank you for having me. You, you keep up the good work over there. Yes. I try. Thanks again for listening to this episode of Carson Chatter. You can subscribe via iTunes or SoundCloud apps to get new episodes as they are uploaded. Once you've subscribed, please leave a review as it makes it easier for people to find the podcast. Please engage with us via social media on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram by simply searching for Carson Chatter. You can also email us at carsonchatterpodcast at gmail.com. See you again soon, and please don't forget to tell a friend about this podcast.